James earns millions from internet marketing. Tim's got millions of questions. Welcome to Freedom Ocean. Now, jump on in. Welcome back, listeners, to another very loving episode of Freedom Ocean, Australia's most loved internet marketing podcast. And I'm your host, Tim Reed, and I'm joined with the other host, with the most, James Shrampko. Hello, James. G'day, Timbo. How are you going? Mate, I am very well. You must be a little bit, uh, what's the word? Uh, what do you do when you travel all over the world in a very quick amount of time? You must be tired and jet-lagged. No, I'm energised and fired up, very love focused. Love it. Love it. I love the fact that you got off the plane and the next thing you're asking is when are we doing the next episode of Freedom Ocean? So um, <laughs> That's it. you sound like many of our um, listeners who come through on Facebook in the show notes saying, when are you going to do the next episode of Freedom Ocean? So that's good, mate. I you- my aeroplane to arrive first thing on Sunday morning yep. and then I just crawl into bed for a whole day yep. and I'm ready to go by Monday. Yeah. And did the pilot say to you, oh, mate, I'm... I'm I've gone extra quickly because I know you've got another episode of the ocean to do. You know, I did meet the pilot, which is strange because, uh, you know, you sort of wonder who is flying this thing right now while Mm -hmm. I'm talking to the pilot. Mm -hmm. But uh, luckily they have a little bit of automation and that might come up in today's episode. Yes, it might. Yes. Well, exactly. Uh, Today's episode, uh, we will no longer keep our powder dry. We're going to go into... um, we're going into some depth on another business model, which in this case is webinars. And uh, you know, James. Um, in fact, before we leave, um, before we leave your overseas adventures, um, we should you maybe give us a, give us two or three top learnings because you've gone off ten days around the world, met with a few people, done a few um, done a few uh, seminars or workshops, um, and I'm sure we could fill uh, a lot of episodes with it, you'll probably go into some detail of Fast Web Formula 3, but what were your top two or three learnings, mate, that you've come back with? Okay, the, the most important thing is you absolutely have to get out of your own neighbourhood and see what's going on out there somewhere else, even if it's in the same town, on the other side of town, or if you are sitting at home doing this internet marketing thing, go to a local meetup. You've got to physically go and meet people in person and exchange eyeballs and and talk and gather intel and get perspective. So I've just gone to four countries, 10 aeroplanes. I didn't do it as a speaker. I did it more as a participant and also a little bit of private networking with a few people that have been on my shortlist to catch up with. And I've come back with extreme clarity about what it is that I'm doing and where my business is going. And the best thing is it's going to take my clones and copycats another year or two to figure out what I'm up to because I know what I'm doing, but they don't. So I've got a strategic advantage again. Are you suggesting get out, just get out or be selective? I mean, this is funny, but I'm actually now friends on Facebook with some of the people who I sat beside in the aeroplane. But I also got to observe things that were different than last time I went to the same country. For example, in in flights between, let's say, uh, Dallas and New York, I observed that a good portion of the people in the aeroplane have now got iPads or Kindles or some kind of portable device that they're using in flight. And that was certainly not the case last year. Mm. 
So there's a proliferation of personal devices. There, uh, there are a lot of QR codes in other countries. Just on the proliferation of personal devices, does that mean that everyone creating websites now must make, a, must make it a mandatory for their developer to uh, make it mobile friendly? Forget the website part of it. I think the most important thing is media consumption. Okay, web, the internet is just absolutely entrenched into society now. Every magazine, every newspaper, there's QR codes on shop windows. The, the, the point that I got is it's never ever been as easy to reach the person, every man, you know, the normal person, like the, all the magazines have their reader app that you can download now, like the Wall Street Journal, and you can consume information on the go. So if for me, that means advertising opportunities, um, content distribution opportunities. So well, well beyond just the website, it's how do you get in front of these people. Mm. So I think the, the advertising medium is something that is very, very interesting because people are all switched on. They're plugged in. But I'll ask you that question again because I know I know it's we use it for a long time. It's not about the website, uh, and I concur. But if you are going to have a website, and I'm sure everyone listening to the show has one or is about to build one, um, I'm still going to a lot of websites on my iPad or my iPhone, and they are not mobile friendly. When I do get to one that's mobile friendly, it's so refreshing because it makes the consuming of the meat, the information in it really easy. So. Um, uh, well, you know what? I haven't had the same experience right. because most of the websites that I use when I'm portable are sites like Facebook, Gmail, uh, my bank, PayPal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not encountering this lack of mobile friendliness. I, I really yeah, all think the big ones. All, you businesses all are kidding brands. themselves if they think that, that people are going to their website from all these portable devices. I think they're going to the main websites and that's where you want to be to draw them back. Mm. So, yeah, no, I don't think it's a massive issue. I think, like, for example, the iPad, my iPad, it's much easier to use with the browser than than it is to use with apps, which, you know, you have to do on the iPhone. A lot of websites will have to have some sort of app or, or browser-friendly site. But for the iPad, it seems to render sites very well. The, the only real exception is video. And I do suggest people use videos that will work on an Apple device, which uh, the, the format that I use these days is M4V, but you could use MP4. What about MOV? Well, MOV will work, but it won't work for normal people mm-hmm. on their PC or desktop. <laughs> normal people. Hello to all you normal people using yeah, for, the... For Windows users, <laughs> yeah, it's not the, going to be very friendly. The dark arts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, any one more observation, James? Because I know you, uh, you you've got a lot. And uh, as I said, we well, one of the main takeaways is, um, I, I guess, was the way that I collate, collect, gather, and then sort, and then implement information. And you know, it's ex- it's extra compressed when you place a high value on it. So let's just imagine that my trip away costs more than ten thousand dollars. Okay, then. I'm, I'm placing a real value on that data that I've gathered, the intel, the conversations, and I strain and, so, and sort that into my Evernote pad. And then I put my Evernote pad up beside my project stream, which is the way that I manage my workflow. And I start, start to bring in the nuggets. And the, the real key is to be fast with your implementation. So 
Uh, speed of implementation is the key. I already started implementing things before I got home. So I got on the Skype with my team. I talked about new things uh, or thoughts that I'd had or innovations that I believe would work for us and started them so that they're already implemented and habit by the time I get home. And that is crucial. So I, I fear that a lot of people, they might do step one, get out, get perspective, go and travel, but then they store that information or never implement and they might as well not have gone at all. Mm-hmm. What did you say to me yesterday? You said um, workshops are for some, some, some type of person, Google and implementation is for another. Can you remember that? Um... I was talking about Kogan, who's a prolific retailer in Australia. I think he said that um, training is for people who want to look like they're learning stuff and then Google's for people who actually want to learn stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Something to that effect. It was in our BRW magazine. It wasn't so, it wasn't specifically related to what we were talking about, but the point being, you know, you you can go, you can do all sorts of training um, and actually never get to the point of implementing, which I know a lot of our listeners are in that boat. It's especially in bureaucratic organisations, they actually schedule training and in itself, that's not a bad thing. But I think people spend a lot of time at work hiding from doing the work, from actually doing the things that are important. Mm. Mm. And when you have your own business, it's very, very stark. You, you know, you do the work or die. Correct. Correct. Now, James, um, thanks for sharing that, mate. What, we'll, what we're going to do, I'm just revisiting um, some earlier episodes. And in episode two, um, you shared with us the internet marketing business model with the most explosive growth. Uh, you then went on, went on to share another four internet marketing business models. And then in episode three, we went over and discussed another five internet marketing business models. Subsequently, we did an episode on, uh, we, went, we dug deep on some of those business models like product creation, like membership sites, like affiliate marketing, um, like local business video marketing, um, and we really dug deep. And one of the business models that we mentioned but didn't dig deep on was webinars. And I'm pretty excited about this episode because both, I know uh, you love webinars, you use webinars. Um, I, I, I particularly love webinars, um, using them as a channel to distribute my masterclass at the moment. So that's what we're going to talk about uh, for the majority of this episode, webinars as a business model. So, mate, where do you want to start with that one? Oh, it's such a big topic. It is, isn't it? Uh, well, let's just talk about what it is to start with. When you okay. when you type it into a Word document, it still highlights it as a misspelling. So isn't that funny? To Same me, way. that's still a sign that it's on the early part of that uh, business strategy and it's got so much further to go. We're, we're really in the infancy stages and I'm saying that as someone who's been doing it for about five years it's still not widely known and only now my friends in corporate companies are sort of familiar with it because as budgets started getting cut back in corporate people stopped traveling on the airplane up to head office they would start to do uh, remote meetings online so it's literally software where you can see someone else's computer over the internet rather than be face to face or live mm-hmm. so for the purpose of this we might talk about webinars as being a uh, the ability to have an event but from the comfort of your own home mm-hmm. should we talk about it in that context 
Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, from anywhere, that's the be- that's the the beauty of it. I think that's. I it. mean, in, in interestingly, I attend a webinar every day, and we run a little team webinar with our own team internally. So we all get onto a software called GoToMeeting uh, or GoToWebinar, which is, uh, I think, still probably the most uh, accessible webinar platform mm. for, for most people. It's reasonably well-priced and it's uh, fairly well-established and stable software. And it's still the one that I prefer. There's a whole lot of stuff in the marketplace. There's a big buzz about automated webinars, but I still think there's not many solutions that do that well. It's early days and there'll be a lot more refinement and a lot more progress in that regard. Mm. Mm. So generally the um, go-to meeting or go-to webinar is a good starting point for listeners if they want it. There are trial periods and the the cost depends on how many people you need to get on the webinar. Yeah, I think um, uh, go-to webinar is 99 bucks a month uh, on a month-by-month basis, but if you sign up for 12 months, I think it's $79. Don't, don't uh, hold me to this, but I think if you sign up for the 90, if you sign up for the 30-day free trial, which is what you can get off their website, um, you can use it. Up, coming up to the end of it, they'll email you saying, do you want to join? Um, if you say no and wait a period of time, it might be a week or two, you will get an email offering a 20 or a 30% discount. At least that's what happened to me um, last time I signed up. Um, so, um, and I think if you search hard enough, there's even a 45-day free trial. Um, I think I've got an account rep who gets special prices, perhaps listeners in Australia only. Uh, if they were interested in that, then I could probably forward them the details. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, there are many webinar software out there, but GoTo Webinar and GoTo Meeting is, is certainly the most stable. It would be good if they were a little bit more Mac-friendly, James. They still refuse to put a record button on the control panel for Mac users, the, the PC users get it, but it, do, it doesn't. It's not that problematic because you just turn on. You just got to remember to turn on ScreenFlow if you're going to uh, record your webinar. Yeah, well, that'll work fine until you have a second person on the webinar, and then it gets a bit complicated. Yeah, it's still, um, still. I mean, I've been running um, these masterclasses. I've been running with myself presenting and someone else, and then a whole lot of people at the other end. Um, it's still completely possible. You've just got to get your settings right. Right. Yeah. So we should just talk about how you use this. So we've sort of Correct. covered a little bit of technology. Yep. What you know, what is a webinar and what platform might you use, but how would you use this? Uh, there's a whole bunch of ways, of course. It's like any tool. You can use it a whole, a whole different way. Some people have built whole businesses just around this webinar concept where they use the technology as the platform. So they're literally like their stage speakers at live events, but now they've taken it online and they run it the same way. They get experts in, they sell tickets, sell the content, and then they record it. And then they sell the recordings later on. That's mm-hmm. one model. And there's a whole whole different way you can approach this. You can either have free webinars as uh, lead generators to bring in a whole bunch of people by offering some free valuable content and then uh, you can sell something on the webinar to make the money or you could sell the value of the webinar in advance 
and and sell tickets to the webinar and then deliver the content as the the prize or the the thing that you've actually sold and still sell on the webinar. So mm. you can sell or not sell is really the big thing we're talking about here and you can sell it before or after. So there's a lot of choices. Do you have a preference? I just noticed there's a hell of a lot one of the one of the problems with webinars in terms of the way they're being positioned these days is there's a, a lot of people are giving away free webinars and to me it cheapens it a little bit because when you do say you know what I'm running a webinar and it's going to cost you know $99 to attend or whatever it may be people are a little bit reluctant to pay do you have a preference for which model well, I use both mm. uh, pro- probably I'm more on the side of paid webinars I've sold webinars for uh, three years now. One one of the first applications I used, I, could, I think pretty much the first webinar I ever ran was I already had a paid product that I'd sold and then I ran a free webinar for members only. And that was good because it made them feel valuable. Uh, it made them feel happy that they'd purchased from me and it gave value. So it was like a private members only webinar. And then what I did is I took the transcript from that. And this is a, a hot tip. I took the transcript from that as a timeline. So I gave basically the time and then what was discussed in the webinar. And I posted that as a blog post on the public site. So now my blog post had all these key phrases in it relating to my product. And it mentioned that these things were covered in the webinar and the webinar is in the members area. And people went to click the members area, but if they weren't a customer, they couldn't see the webinar. Mm -hmm. So I now had this great sales device. So they could see what was there, but they couldn't access it. And I was bringing in search traffic on the key phrases that related to my topic. Pedal back a bit there, mate. Just spell that one out for me. You, you You promoted a paid webinar to start with. No, I just ran a webinar to my existing customers. Okay. A free webinar to your existing customers. What, educating or or selling? What were you doing in that webinar? Just educating. Educating. Okay. So existing customers get a a free webinar that educates them. Yeah, now just in, in even an educational webinar, you're still going to have opportunities for affiliated sales when you mention a resource. Yep. That's important. I can't think of a webinar where there's not an opportunity to further make a sale. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if, I mean, this is a classic example. We're on a podcast here talking about something we're recording, but we're mentioning resources that mm-hmm. some people might want to buy. So mm-hmm. there's always an opportunity. All right, so, so you, you ran that free webinar. You then, um, was there a paid aspect to any of that? It was to paid customers, Timbo. Gotcha. It was to people who already gave me money. Gotcha. So it was an appreciation webinar, a further training webinar. You transcribed it. paid me money. You I transcribed it, put it on your blog post? And then put it on the blog post. And for people who uh, – so people could read the whole webinar. No, it was just a timeline annotation rather than a complete transcription. Gotcha. Which I, I think is actually – it's a good tip. You're better to do timelines than complete transcriptions in some cases because depending on the subject matter – you might not get the full message with just a, a word-for-word transcription, it, but a timeline really helps people dig into the part of the webinar that they're interested in without having to wade through 90 minutes. So tell, how do you go about getting a timeline transcription? Is that something a transcript, any transcription service would offer? Yeah, you literally just watch it and then make a note every few minutes when there's a new topic. 
So you could say, uh, you know, it's seven minutes, 15, how to structure a website for perfect SEO. Mm-hmm. Now, when you post that timeline on your blog post, you now have the key phrase, how to structure a website for SEO. Now, someone going to Google is searching for how to structure a website for SEO. They pull up your blog post because it's exactly the correct content. They see there's this fantastic webinar that has that in it. They go to, to click on the webinar to watch it, but it's in the paid members area. So they need the product to see it. But they think, well, I'll buy the product because it sounds like what I'm after. And also it comes with this webinar. That's one way. That's that's running webinars to existing members. Now, I still do that pretty much every month for my super fast results coaching. So that's a, a paid forum where people pay to belong, but we run a value-added webinar each month and it's a content webinar and we bring in experts. So it's very similar to your masterclass concept. Mm-hmm. We bring in an expert or we run it ourselves or we just have a Q&A one, which is, believe it or not, one of our most popular topics is just Q&A, just to be able to get on, on live and ask questions off the top of their head and we answer it on the spot. I think Q&A is a great use of webinar technology. I think the opportunity, uh, I've got a number of clients who run webinars, uh, a monthly webinar, you know, the last Thursday of every month, um, this client's clients know that they can log in at 10 o'clock for an hour, hour and a half Q&A, ask any question that's on their mind and know that it'll be answered by the boss. People love it. Well, it's also a great value add if you have some form of subscription or monetized membership because mm. it's something that you can commit to and it's it's that leveraged one-to-many medium for an expert. Mm. So Timbo can, can commit to one hour per month or one hour per week where you could talk to hundreds or thousands of people at, at one time. Yep. So, and the, the leverage aspect of it is amazing. This is where you record the webinar and then you can place that recording somewhere, sell it, give it away, uh, swap it with a JV partner, a joint venture partner, and get your name and your previously recorded work out there working 24-7. I'm so interested in that concept that I'm a partner in a project where we're um, providing like a YouTube for webinars, mm. where we have a, I think it's called webinar.tv, and we're encouraging people just to load up their webinars to it, and just, just play, it only plays webinars so that people can go and pick a webinar on any topic. Yeah, wow. That's powerful stuff. Yeah. The, um, the repurposing of, of webinars is amazing. Like you just mentioned some of them, you know, transcribing them, um, even cutting them up. You know, if you run an hour webinar, I've got a client doing it at the moment, right? run an hour webinar, cutting it up. And if your YouTube allocation at the moment, and it seems to vary, but let's say you've got a maximum of 10, 10 minutes upload to YouTube, then carve your one hour webinar up into six parts. Um, you know, then you've got, you know, six bits of content all linking back to your main site. Well, you know what um, else he's getting there with six different videos on YouTube? He's getting an internal linking structure that will end up generating him a strong page rank for his channel. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, that, that's the, that was, it really is the concept behind webinar.tv is you can load the whole thing up in one hit. Mm-hmm. But uh, you can take a webinar that you do for a paid membership and then turn it into an information product. I actually did that once with a webinar called How to Run a Webinar. <laughs> I literally ran a webinar to my paid members on how to run a webinar. 
then I took that recording and turned it into a little sales product. I think we put it up for $17 mm-hmm. and we registered a domain, how to run a webinar.com. And we put a, a short sales letter, put a $17 price tag, and we sold that video by itself with the uh, slides. And it sells pretty much every day. Well, and it's, it's on freedomotion.com uh, products page and people can, yeah. we, we, we sell a lot of those. The, um, so you can see exactly that, that concept of taking some content you've already got and repurposing it into its own product. Yep. And, and just- now You could do that with your masterclass with every one of the modules mm. with an upsell to the complete masterclass. Like that. The um, and to continue that repurposing discussion, James, you can. Um, this is where I like ScreenFlow because ScreenFlow is such a simple piece of editing software. But you could rip the audio um, and run. You could make a podcast out of it, out of a webinar. Um, you could, yeah, it just keeps going and going, doesn't it? You could, you could create an ebook from a webinar. You could um, upload it to SlideShare.net, which is a great. Um, a great place where you know there's all sorts of presentations about all sorts of different subjects there. So something I like doing lately is uh, I, uh, you recall, Traffic Grab was a pretty popular product. Mm-hmm. Still is. Still a very still sells every day, several copies a day. Mm-hmm. Well, I got uh, I got a good friend of mine who's really specialises in affiliate marketing, and I dug into the modules that relate best to affiliate marketers. And I ran a, a tailor-made webinar just for affiliate marketers because that product really does work for product owners, affiliate marketers, local business marketers. So I just went into the affiliate marketing side of things and ran a special webinar just for his members. And we sold over 100 copies of Traffic Grab on that webinar and I recorded it. And then what I did is I put that recording into the autoresponder sequence for some of my other products. Mm-hmm. So say someone bought some website software, I can put an autoresponder message that says, hey, Tim, you, uh, you purchased some software for building websites. You may be interested in uh, a webinar that I ran recently. I've managed to record it and I've loaded it up to a page for you to watch here. And then you put a link, they go and watch the replay. So now you have this 24 hour a day, seven day a week cash machine because they watch the replay and a percentage of people purchase. And the conversion on a webinar is usually much higher than a sales page because once they get into the event nature of it it really feels like you're live mm. even though you're not and you're not saying you're live it's you've said recording and just a side note i really disagree with people who run live webinars when they're not live i think that's oh, just yeah. a sham it yeah. really pisses me off yeah that is sham there's a lot of that in our market for some reason the people think that consumers are stupid mm. And it's not. It's the marketers that are stupid. It's just, it's uh, as soon as the customer figures out that they're not on a live webinar, then they've blown their credibility. Mm. And I, I wouldn't blame the customer for never opening another email from that marketer again. Mm. So yeah, don't lie to people. There's some obviously. software going around which I think is designed to fool people in, into that, whereby you'll go to a website and say, uh, and it'll actually have a clock counting down. You know, like in 17 minutes, 6 hours and 45 minutes, um, another webinar will be starting on such and such a topic. 
and it kind of lulls you into a sense of, oh, cool, this will be live. I'll register. Well, they're, not, and- they're not necessarily saying it's live. I mean, the, the no, not of they're, that they're- software, they'll say to people, look, you know, how you use it is up to you, but you could you can call it an online event because that's true. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't say that it's a live webinar because that's not true. Mm. Now, I believe that live webinars have a much higher value and I saw a large uh, marketer yesterday put out an email for a live webinar, and you know it by you know it'd want to be live because I know that particular marketer runs a high level mastermind, uh, which is I think it's, it's like twenty thousand dollars, and it's pre recorded webinars. And you know I would be pissed off if I paid twenty grand to turn up to pre recorded mastermind webinar. Are you saying the live the the value in the live webinar is because people can ask questions? Is there any other value there? I think because they're not being conned. Yeah, because they could ask live questions. It, it live is live, and uh, and pre recorded is pre recorded. For mm. me, they're very different. They mm. mm. see when people push you to attend a, attend a pre recorded webinar, but they pretend that it's live. They're actually imposting on your diary. They're making themselves more important than you. They're saying, look, I'm more important than you. I'm going to force you to attend this pre-recorded webinar, but I'm going to trick you into thinking it's live because mm. I don't care about you. I don't, I don't value you at all. That's the way I feel, rightly mm. or wrongly. I mean, it's only my opinion. Uh, but if it's live, then that's live. You know, They've cleared their diary and you've cleared yours and you've got a mutual consent that, that this is something you both think is worth turning up to. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I, I like live. I think, I think this is like these days. You know, when you get a handwritten letter or you get someone face to face, it's a higher value than this all this automated processed stuff. Mm. Yeah, totally. Just so um, for, for those who haven't done a webinar, we touched on what they were earlier, but just so we're clear, um, there's no video involved in webinars. You can't see. Uh, well, certainly not with GoToMeeting or GoToWebinar. You can't see the presenter, but uh, you see their desktop. Oh, you can. You can, can you? Yeah. In GoToWebinar. Well, you can with GoToMeeting now. Hmm. And in for some people, they may only need GoToMeeting if they have a small number, you know, if you have less than 16 people. Yeah. Uh, and something to watch. I mean, Google Plus just went live last week, but they have Hangout and they'll also soon be integrating it with YouTube, like live streaming. So we haven't really touched on that, but there are other platforms like Ustream and, uh, I mean, imagine Google Plus's live streaming YouTube thing will be an option for people to somehow monetize or leverage for getting a wider distribution for their content. Yeah, totally. But just just, just coming back because I didn't realize and maybe it's a Mac thing. But, it's um, new. Uh, do you mean video, live video on GoToMeeting is yeah. new? Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I've been beta testing it for months, but I, I've noticed that it's now in version five. Do you, I mean, I do you use it when you're? Um, do, would you prefer? To, do you prefer using it when you're doing a webinar, or would you prefer just to show your screen? Well, it really depends what you want, what what you're trying to do. I know you're a big fan of showing yourself on the camera because you're so handsome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I put it this way, for my sales letters at the moment, generally I don't even put me as a talking head on my sales videos. I'm using slides because I want, it's not about me, it's about the customer and I generally want to convey the message 
in the most meaningful way that I can. And, uh, you know, if, if I've overeaten or something, I don't need them to see double chins, <laughs> bald heads. I just want them to get the message. So do your, do you your, can do your double chins come and go? Yes. Wow. That's clever. Go on, James. <laughs> so let's talk about a couple of the, maybe the process, just the basics. Yeah, go. So you get yourself some software or you choose a platform. Something you you then do is create an invitation for the event. And this is really one of the most powerful things, especially if you're doing a free webinar where you plan to sell something. And you don't have to sell something for money. It could be just a concept. You might be selling people on turning up to something or convincing them to stick around uh, and you know stay on your list or whatever. So just when I say sell something, I mean whatever the next step is. So you create an invitation and that could be using the software that you've chosen or you could have it on your own page. Generally, you'll get highest conversions by putting a little video with the registration next to it somewhere. And you may also have partners or affiliates driving traffic to that. So for some people, this is the whole business model. They, they, their business model is to build a big list by having everyone promote the webinar and join the webinar list. So I would hold a free webinar, Tim, and I'd ask you to send people to that webinar and I would capture the details of your customers when they register and they're, not, they're now my customers. Mm-hmm. So that's one business model. And then I would sell on the webinar and a percentage of the people you sent would turn into cash. And I'd keep the records and I'd promote again. Yep. So then you actually run the event. Now you could do that live or you could do it as a scheduled event, which is fine as long as you're not lying to people. And then you would you would probably, if you are running a live one, you would record it so that you can then leverage the replay aspect or the automated aspect of it, which Thanks. I strongly recommend. Can I just interrupt there, James, and just say, yep, just, just before on. you get into the actual event itself, um, GoToWebinar is particularly good at allowing you to really personalise things in terms of the invitations it sends out, and it sends out invitations a week before and a, uh, a day before and an hour before it starts, and it has the link in there, and you can you can fully brand it. You can put a message um, in the waiting room, which is where people wait before the web- webinar starts. So there's lots of nice little things you can do to make people um, feel really confident about what's going on. Yeah, and it. Some of this will come down to how savvy your market is. People in the internet marketing space have already attended a thousand webinars. People, uh, you know, normal public members may never have attended one and you might have to walk them through it a bit. Yep. And then, you, yeah, you run the thing and record it and then afterwards I suggest you leverage it by, you know, load it up to webinar.tv or replay it to your own customer list Usually, let's talk attendance rates and stuff. You know, if you get a thousand people register for a webinar, generally you'll get around about 400 odd people turn up to the webinar. For some reason, you get about half, 40 to 50%, Mm -hmm. depending on what you're offering. And then during the webinar, one of the things you measure is how many people stick around during the webinar. And it's a good idea to try and engage people. And that, for that reason, I suggest you use the chat pad. Uh, there's a chat feature for most of these platforms and it's a good idea to ask questions. Uh, the first question we ask when people first log on is, could you just type into the chat pad 
what you can see on the screen. You know, we make sure that they can actually see what we're pro- promoting. I've attended webinars where you can't see anything and they never bother to ask. Yep. But you want to get engagement happening from the first minute, as soon as they log on and you keep engaged. So pause regularly for questions and continue to ask for uh, feedback so that people feel like they're a part of it. So this is more than just a one-way broadcast. And that's why I think the live webinar is more engaging and more interesting. Because if you're just faking that, then it just doesn't have the same effect. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I do that. I get people to put their hand up um, because there's a little button and that gets them used to the whole fact that, hey, I can push this little button here. My hand will go up. Um, If they do that, I can unmute them and then um, we can have a conversation which everyone else can hear. Um, Yeah, chatting questions through. It it becomes, you've just got to practice it. If, If you're new to webinars, the first thing you've got to do is do a few practice runs before you do your real one. Um, get used to um, the whole concept of presenting because it isn't like presenting live because you're not getting that you're not getting that feedback. You know. I remember my first <laughs> the first one. It really was as close as I could imagine to sitting in a radio studio where you're just talking to the yeah. masses, but no one's <laughs> talking to you. Yeah, it's it's absolutely silent. And you're just there talking, having a conversation with yourself. Yep. And I think after you do one or two, you get quite used to it and and then it's normal. I could run a webinar yeah. at the drop of a hat now. Yeah. Yeah. You've just got to get used to just checking. Is there, are there any hands up? Um, I prioritize my attendee list um, by clicking on the hand up column. That way, um, anyone who puts their hand up will be um, up the top. So you're not um, having to scroll the whole time. Um, well, a big tip is use two screens. If you're going to run webinars, you should run... Two screens. That's just a big tip, full stop, in terms of productivity. It's a well, great yeah, tip. Just, if you're serious about anything to do with the internet marketing, yep. get two screens because yep. you want to have your control panel on one screen and your presenter's notes so that you yep. know it's coming and then you have one on the other screen, you have what the audience can see. Now, yep. I've taken this to the next level because I run webinars every unlike, week. Unlike you? Yeah, well, I run a masterclass on Monday night and Tuesday night here at the moment and then I have my daily team meetings. So I've got two internet connections because it's just that damn slow. Mm-hmm. On my second computer here, I have the, I log in as a participant and I record from that screen. So I've got, I'm seeing exactly what they see on my other computer coming down the other internet connection and I'm recording on that one. And then I'm running the webinar from my first computer. So mm-hmm. I'm running it from one and I'm viewing it on the other and I can see what they can see in real time because mm-hmm. there will be lags depending on screen size of the viewer or the presenter, depending on internet connection speed and then depending on the, the graphic intensity. Another tip is keep your slides light. Mm-hmm. A nice white slide with black text is going to load much faster than a, a video, for example. If you're trying to run videos on GoToWebinar, it can be a little bit dicey yeah big time yeah some people won't be able to see what you're seeing at the same time Mm. keep it simple all right mate so there's some good tips for running the actual video uh running sorry running the actual webinar uh webinar's over what next well usually uh, then you produce it so for when i'm doing my master classes this is this is something great right Here's, here's an overall concept i've Sold a masterclass. It's a live webinar series for eight weeks. 
after each webinar, I take that recording and I, I top and tail it, which means we, we put, and it could be you, it could be a team member. My team member log on to every webinar and record it. So I don't even have to, which is great. But let's imagine we're doing it ourselves. You trim the first part and then the last part, you know, just clean the ends off it and you stick a little video bumper, like a graphical logo and they're really cool. So it looks nice. And then you render that. I save it as a movie file, MOV, and I save it as a nice size, like 1280 by 720 or whatever it is. And then what I do is I convert that using software called Handbrake into a nice streaming M4V file. And we load that up into a membership site. So using the shopping cart that I use, we, we load them up into a multiplayer. So at the end of eight weeks, we end up with eight videos in a nice one, one multiplayer inside the paid membership area. And now I can sell that masterclass as, a, as an information product at a reduced rate compared to the live masterclass. So now it's the recorded masterclass. Yep. So yep. creating content. Now, the other thing to do is run that webinar through some conversion software to turn it into an MP3 and then export the slides as a PDF. So I think that uh, as for webinar participants, they should get the streaming version of the video, the downloadable version of it, the MP3 version of it, and the PDF version of the slides, and perhaps any other resources or tools that you recommend. Just to be just clear on to the streaming version and the downloadable version, what are the two file types for, for those? The we streaming use version. M4V for both. For both. Right, yeah. okay. Because that'll play on an iPad and it will also work on any computer. If people use a player like VLC player, that plays anything. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go to the extra effort and transcribe it into a timeline or a full transcription, go for it. Yeah, they are certainly uh, it's certainly a marketing channel, James, that you can do a lot with, isn't it? Yeah. And, then, and of course, the next leverage step is you can take any one of those individual videos and just throw it over the side. Uh, I think you recall Freedom Ocean listeners who were subscribed at the time got the first recording of our first webinar for the Super Affiliate Masterclass. I did. Right, and nobody else got that. But we were able to take some content from one course, a $1,000 course, and give one of the modules away to subscribers for another channel as something valuable. And that's why people open our emails. We now have a strong customer base who open the emails because we give them treats, we give them value. And considering how much people paid to belong to Freedom Ocean, <laughs> that's good value. That is very good value. Absolutely. But the other thing, that the interesting thing is we ended up selling four or five tickets from giving away that free video. Mm. So that free video turns into three or $4,000. Uh, all all yeah. we did is cross-pollinate one piece of content to another channel, offering value, and everyone who didn't buy still got something really valuable and enjoys sticking around and will probably one day buy something. And then the people who did see it, who wouldn't ordinarily have seen it, managed to, to jump into that course. And by now, in week seven, they have their own website up about to start making sales. So they're, they're about to turn their investment into a profit center, which is mega exciting as well. So they'll be customers for life. 
There's a great marketing concept, James, which says um, as the marketer or the business owner, give something away um, of high perceived value to the recipient and low cost to the business owner. And a webinar uh, done well is a great example of that, where you know to put together a 30-minute or a 60-minute video, uh, you know, it, you could actually do it for free if you use the 30-day go-to webinar trial. But um, you know, minimal cost, and yet giving it away to someone. Um, in return for you know an email address as a list building activity, um, it really does have some some high perceived value. And it should be you know it should be done by all sorts of businesses. This could be done by anyone. Anyone. From, yep. From a um, injury lawyer through to a car dealer, you know, a service centre for Mercedes Benz. They should be doing these. They should be doing the top seven things that that uh, you should be looking to maintain on a two or three-year-old Mercedes-Benz, you know, three-year-old, three years or older Mercedes-Benz, you know, which is when they're out of warranty and they should be sending that out to their customer list Mm -hmm. and the customer can watch it in their own time and just a recording of it even. Mm. So the big thing I think, uh, hopefully this comes across, is that a lot of the power of the webinar is in the leverage of it because, yes, it's very powerful when you run it live and you do the first one, but there's a lot more leverage and longer legs in the recording the way you leverage that. And if you're clear about it being a recording or an online event, not live, then that's fine. So I actually I actually put together slideshows and I don't mind if there's only 15 people at the live webinar. That's the other thing. You can't tell how many people come to it. I, there's every chance when you run your first one that there'll be one person on yeah. there or two. Yeah, and don't lose faith if someone. that's the case. I know someone who has a whole business selling webinars. Their whole, you know, he speaks from stage around the world. He's doing hundreds of thousands of dollars just pushing this one concept of the webinar. And his first webinar, he had two people come yep. and one person bought. So he had a 50% closing ratio. Yeah. And the, other, the two people on the line couldn't see each other. But you've got to pretend you're talking to a thousand people, you know, from yep. a mindset perspective. Yep. And you take those recordings and you leverage the recordings and those things can play for years. I'm still playing webinar recordings that I did three years ago inside my coaching community with experts and they're still just as relevant now, but I don't have to keep running them over and over again. And if you load them up to a previously recorded webinars section, then that's open and honest and it's valuable for everybody. Yep. Yep. No, I think that's a key message is, is the repurposing here. James, just, just to finish up, uh, a question for the small business owner more than the, the IMR. Um, but you, you talk about, you know, the, the, the lawyer or the mechanic. Um, if they were to adopt a webinar strategy, um, what, what do you suggest they do? Like literally for the next 12 months, schedule two webinars a month um, about around a certain topic and just keep promoting the fact that, hey, this is coming up, so be a part no, of it? Or no, no, would I would just, I'd say the much easier start is this, right? Survey your current customers. What are their burning questions? This is just a the simple formula. I taught this at FastWeb Formula 2. It's called uh, the VSW. Uh, but you basically, you, you make a video inviting people to a webinar and then you survey them about their biggest questions and then you run a webinar to answer the biggest questions. Now you have a perfect piece of content that can be repurposed over and over again. So your 
solicitor or car dealer, they could just do this once. They could go and survey all the members of, of their database who have a three-year-old or older Mercedes-Benz. They could then say, what are your biggest questions about maintaining this? What are your biggest concerns about what might break about, you know, what questions do you have about the tyres or the gearbox or whatever? And they take all the answers, they collate them and look for patterns. Now, if they're using SurveyMonkey, then that will actually create a text cloud of the most commonly asked phrases in all the survey responses. So that makes your job easier. And then you just make some slides covering those touch points and you answer them. Just say, um, you know, the seven things you should know about a three-year-old plus Mercedes in terms of maintenance and say tyres. Here's the three things you should check with the tyres on your vehicle right now. You know, and then you put illustrated pictures, you know, this look for this, this or this. If you have any of these, you need to book it in to the service centre immediately or whatever. So once you've created that core piece of content, then you can pop it into an autoresponder. Now, the thing is, people would say, why don't you just make a video instead of a, a webinar? Well, the thing is with the webinar, when they turn up to the replay, but they get into that live atmosphere, it really feels like you are live. I don't know, something goes on with your brain. Yeah, I know what you mean. You've got people asking questions, you know, the, the countdown time is on, it feels like you're at a live event, even though you're not. And I guess it would be like uh, watching something back on TV. Like if you watch an episode of 24 on TV, it feels like you're in that 24 time space where you, you know there's deadlines and things are happening in real time but you know they're not and they're not lying to you but that's just how your body yeah, reacts yeah so that, that business owner who's gone out to their list said what are your burning questions thank you i'm now going to run a webinar in two weeks time and answer every single one of them here's the invitation yeah. one, once they've run that webinar once and answered all those questions are you suggesting well, clearly that then becomes something to repurpose yeah, and put all over the place page, but what's you know, the next webinar that they do that's live do they keep doing to do another one right okay i mean start with that one that's that's what i'm saying the easiest way to start is just get started and you have you put you know car dealerservicecenter.com forward slash um seven seven top questions uh replay and then you have the video there which is on autoplay and then you just send the email you know dear tim uh your your range rovers just turned three Mm -hmm. um Whilst we'd be more than happy to talk to you about a new one, we understand that sometimes uh, you grow attached to these things and you want to keep them. What we've done is uh, we've prepared a special uh, online uh, video for you explaining the seven things you should uh, look for, blah, blah, blah. And then and then send the link to the video. And the video is like a – it has the service manager introducing – you know, hi, I'm Fred Bloggs and I'm the service manager here at, at um, Melbourne Range Rover. And what we did is we asked all of our customers what things do they want to know and we've prepared our responses here. And I uh, also want to welcome everyone who's joining us live on this uh, event. You know, see, now you're sucked into the live thing yeah, even though yeah. it's not live. Yeah, and importantly with that, replay. importantly, obviously the back end of that, um, have a strong call to action. Well, even in the middle end of it. In the middle end, yeah. You can plant many seeds in that thing about air filters, tyres, petrol quality, uh, uh, changing the spark plugs, whatever. You know, and I'm just using a simple example that anyone can relate to. Yeah. I had a client, I had a client run a webinar last week and um, they, they were sharing some tips and about um, 60 or 70 
percent of the way in, um, the first call to action was there, which was to say, you know, we've got a few to go. We've got a few. There's still some nuggets here to be shared. But uh, yeah, if you it lo- just seems a lot more legitimate when there's customers asking questions. You know, okay, there's a question here about such and such. So now it's not like the big bad car dealers just ramming stuff down our throat. They're genuinely answering questions from real customers. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, no. What I was going to say is we're two thirds of the way through um, the first call to action, the first opportunity to say, hey, look, if you like what you're hearing, then there is the opportunity to work with us. And um, here's some contact details. And now we'll get back into um, to finishing off those seven tips. Yeah. Mm. Well, a lot of people wait till the end to slam the customer with their offer. I think that's probably a mistake. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of the things, like like any any holding of a, an event, you can see when people leave a webinar. The other thing that um, that interesting little uh, component of go to webinar is you can actually see when people aren't paying attention. Well, ma- that's ma- why I need to engage them constantly, yeah. as if you're in a live event. Yes. Well, maybe they are paying attention because they're taking notes, but if they're using no, they're their not. keyboard, Don't kid um, yourself. they're surfing around the net. Yeah. <laughs> they are, they've got three screens open and they're paying <laughs> attention to you in the background. Oh, You've got to hook yeah. them in with uh, engaging content, which is you know makes perfect sense as a goal. Be interesting, be valuable, uh, retain that, that attention. Yeah. Brilliant, mate. I reckon that's a wrap on webinars, James. We're almost at the, the uh, we're at the fifty-three-ish minute mark. Um, we are getting very close to um, heading up to Caloundra on the Sunshine Coast. In fact, I think we're exactly uh, one month away uh, for your live events, Fast Web for- Formula. Um, people can still go uh, to uh, freedomotion.com uh, and register uh, for a nice little bonus. Um, that they can see on the products page. But James, what, uh, any- That is a good bonus, by the way. I I did the first uh, video critique the other day and I know that the person I did that video critique for is going to get tremendous results from the suggestions I've made based on what I saw and what I know is possible. So that is something very valuable. I, I, it was a great video critique and I've done a number of coaching calls from people who have bought through Freedom Ocean, 30-minute Skype coaching calls. So um, listeners, if you, if, you, if you buy your ticket to Fast Web Formula through freedomotion.com, what you're going to get is a, is a, a, re, a video review of your site by James and a 30-minute Skype call um, with me. So... Um, I'm really looking forward to that, mate. Any, um, give us a uh, give us a little um, a little taster of what to expect at, at Fastweb Formula. Well, the, the most important aspect is the live community thing. I mean, the very beginning of this call, we talked about getting out and about and meeting people. And believe it or not, we didn't plant that there to then talk about it now. But it does strike me as I mean, that's the reason I went out. That's why I stretched my legs. I went overseas went and meet some people because you've got to get fresh. So I'll be bringing the very best ideas, the things that I thought were highlights from my whole trip. I mean, to put it in perspective, I will have spent well over $10,000 on just that one trip, but what people are accessing at Fastweb Formula 3 is not just my experience, but also there's a dozen experts and they can meet them, talk to them, tap into their best tips and my best tips, all for a fraction of that, you know, and you want to get 
to that event if you possibly can because it'll recharge, motivate, inspire and give you the coordinates that you need to plug into the dashboard to get to where you want to get to. I'm really passionate about this event. I only do it once a year now and I make sure it's a good one. I'm excited, mate. I've got to go and book my accommodation. (laughs) I've got my flight, just haven't got my accommodation. Uh, James, great, mate. Thank you uh, for sharing. Um, That is a wrap, I reckon, uh, on the power of webinars as a business model. Hope to see all of you at Fast Web Formula 3. And um, thanks, James. Until next time, go and uh, take a dip into the freedom ocean. Thanks, Timbo. See you, mate. See ya. Thanks for diving into the Freedom Ocean with James Schramko and Tim Reed. You've just come that little bit closer to living the life you choose. Please keep in mind that the ideas, opinions, and information shared in the show are those of the hosts and do not reflect those of their past employers. And as far as future employers go, well, they're both pretty much unemployable. (laughs) 